Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. That's a lot of people, you know. I mean, there's a lot of people that can't be put back together. Not even Dr. Phil, as good as he is. Not even some great psychologist or counsellor or whatever. At the end of the day, what puts you back together is the Word of God. Say amen to that. Come on. It's the Word of God. No king's horses, no king's men, nothing, no, no. It's the Word of God that will build you rebuild you into an extraordinary man or woman of God. It's the Word of God. And you've got to take that Word and let it be applied to your life and watch it work. Watch it do a work on you. The Holy Spirit will take the Word and it will do absolute amazing things to you, to your heart, to your mind to your body. Your body can be healed. Your life can be straightened up and you can walk with a posture of that you are born, you are born unique, significant. You are born absolutely made to rock this planet for Jesus. But only the Word of God can do that. And so I want to get into that. Is that cool? Listen to me. This is a real strong message. I'm supposed to be preaching something else this weekend, but God said to me, teach your people that without the Word of God, no matter what you say to them, no matter what message that you preach to them, it will not make an ounce of difference at the end of the day. If they don't buy a Bible and study it and let that Bible, let that Word be applied to their life. Amen? You've got to get the Bible. You've got to get the Word. The Word is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. Let me give you some scripture, all right? You ready? I'm going to just crunch it. One point, bang, we're done. We're going to worship God a little bit later more. Is that cool? Okay, foundation of your faith is this. Luke 6.47. Luke 6.47. If you've got it, that word on your iPhone, if you've got it on your iPad, if you've got it on those ancient books, manuscripts that you... I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice. He is like, this is about the word, this is about the word, this is God saying this, he's saying this to us. I will show you what he is like, who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice. See, I'm going to be just preaching some word, just... You're going to to grab that word, you're going to write it down, you should have your pen. I'm seeing pens in hands and I'm seeing notepads. (laughs) Again, let's go back to the start. One of the key fundamental principles that God uses to bring the kingdom to this world is through the Word of God. He doesn't do it through you just walking out of this building saying, wow, that was great, that was fantastic. No, you've got to take the Word out. You've got to take the Word out in your heart, in your mind, on your notepad, on your iPhone, written it on your Bible, you've got to have that word. That's what ultimately is what's going to do you good. Okay? Again, church is about the Bible, which is about the gospel, which is about our mission. Church is about this. It's about the word. We believe in the word, absolutely. The word is the gospel, the good news. The good news sets people free, by the way. It's good news. It'll set you free in every way, in every 
Every part of your life can be set free by the gospel. Then the gospel has a mission. That's one huge key. Half. That's, that's a huge factor of the church. The other factor is this community. I'm not going to go there, but it's community. It's the Word of God in you working collectively between us. We're loving on each other, encouraging each other. But the point I'm going to make tonight is about the Word. I'll show you what He is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug deep down and laid the foundation on rock. Psalm 18 verse 2. Is this coming up for me this tonight? Great, thanks Tim. The Lord, the Lord, what's the rock? You're talking about building my life on the rock. What's that mean? Because I'm speaking to a lot of people who are just new to the Lord, new to the Christian walk. Maybe they got saved on Friday night. Maybe they got saved last week. I'm not sure. But I just really want to be so clear on this. What's the rock, Pastor Phil? Let's have a look at it again. Psalm 18 verse 2, the Lord is my rock. Okay, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, the strength of my salvation, my stronghold. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For no one can lay any other foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. No other foundation, no philosophy, no other vain imagination, no other... Guru, no no other religion, there's only one foundation you can build your life on. Isn't that right, Daniel? You got some friends there tonight, have you, buddy? Yeah, praise God. There's only one foundation, guys, and I recommend you find that foundation and you build your life on it. Because I'm telling you what, if you do, nothing can touch you at the end of the day. Let's have a look at this. For those people who already had a personal encounter with God, you've had your encounter with God, this is what the Lord would say to you. This is what the Lord would say to you. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words, say these words, of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the, now, now stuff's going to happen, all right? We, you got saved. We're not saying that nothing's going to happen, Dave, Dave Lee. You know that already, man. You've got stuff still hitting you every day. You're my neighbor. You got saved three, four months ago. But just because you got saved three, four months ago doesn't mean stuff's not happening. Your fridge blew up. I mean, your washing machine blew up and, and your dryer blew up. Hang on. You know, you promised me, you know, you promised me that stuff. No, I didn't promise you that. Stuff's going to happen. Stuff's going to That's planet Earth, all right? Okay, so let's get that in context. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came, the washing machine blew up, the dryer blew up, the fridge blew up, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Dave's in church, praise God. It didn't spoil his day. He's not down the pub getting drunk. He's on the solid rock. Stuff happens, but here he is. He's standing strong. Is that good? 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them, who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Say, whoa. 
27. The rain came down, the washing machine blew up, the fridge blew up, and the car got a flat tire, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell down. That man, he fell down. And they all fell down. He fell down. Where's so-and-so? Man, he was in church. I mean, what happened to him? See, at the end of the day, you need to establish your house, your spiritual house, on the solid rock of Christ. The only way I can see you can do that is by the Word of God. A lot of good Christians out there who have been to church, done a lot of church, don't come to church anymore because they never built their life on the Word. They built their, they built their Christian life on stuff. Stuff. Pastor Phil's colorful jumper. You know, whatever. It's amazing what people will build their faith on. Oh, I just love Pastor Phil and Jim. Oh, they're awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, but hang on. That's not good foundation. That's not solid foundation for faith. That's admirable and that's honorable. But at the end of the day, you've got to have absolutely every fiber of your soul, of your being, of your soul, spirit, body on the solid rock of Christ. Is that right? So please. So stuff happened to both houses. Stuff happened. Acts 14.22. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So as we enter into the kingdom of God, as we enter into our destiny, as we enter into, as we continue this pilgrimage of faith towards God, just like Abraham, who was a man of faith, he left his household, he left his father's country, and he left his father's uh, false worshipping household, and he left and he says, man, I got saved, I got saved at SG, I got saved at C3, I got saved, man, watching TV, I got saved. And you began your pilgrimage. All right, by faith you began. That's what Abraham did. That's why it's accredited to him as righteousness because he was a man of faith. He listened to the promises of God. There's the word right there. The promise that was given to Abraham was pregnant of future fulfillment. And Abraham saw it. He says, my God, God wants me to live in a good land. He wants to bless me. He wants to crash tackle me with every blessing that he can lay on me. I'm in for that. I'm on a journey, man. I want that guy. I want that. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I'm on a way. Look, you're that Abraham guy. He's crazy, man. No, he's going. He's going for the blessing, man. He wants, he wants it all. He leaves the false worship of his father's household and he begins his pilgrimage. That's what some people have done here, haven't they not? There's some mums and dads in this house still not serving God, loving God. But you've... Is there? Is there some mums and dads in this church still don't know God, love God, know God? So, mums and dads, okay, what was that? Didn't I explain it? Yeah, I did. I mustn't have explained it because not one hand went up. Are there still some parents of the... Thank you, Julie. Are there still some parents of the youth that are not saved? Still not saved. They don't know God. Look at God. But you have moved... You're journeying by faith. You're going out on a pilgrimage with your life. You're following the Word, but as Abraham was following the Word, the promise. Is that right? Praise God. Let's have a look at this. I've got to move on quicker. Matthew 7.24 said that. Acts 20.32. Now, I've got to get to this point, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to powerfully rock your world. What did we just establish? Christ is the rock. 
that's been laid down in your life. You've got that in your life. Put up your hand if you've got Christ as the solid rock in your life. I just need to see those hands. Praise God. The others, some are on sand, some are not sure, um, but we'll make sure at the end of this. Is that good? I'm falling apart. I've got my jacket half off. I'm trying to drive the car with my knees now. Who saw that? Planes, trains and automobiles. Who loves that scene? John Candy driving the car. And they go between the two trucks and they turn into skeletons. Ah! I love that. That was a darn shame when John passed away. Build our life on the foundation. How? Thank you, God. How? By, by this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds on the rock. Can you see that? The way we build on the rock is we hear the word and do the word and are obedient to the word. How do you build on the rock, Pastor Phil? You hear the word, apply the word, live by the word and treat it as a a reality of your game plan in life. Acts 20 verse 32 now I commit you to God and to the, and again, this is Paul saying to the Ephesians church, he says this, now I commit you, C3 Tugra, to God and to the word of his grace. That's what I'm doing tonight. Pastor Phil saying, C3, I commit you to the word of grace, to the word of God. I, I would love to be able to say that to you and I've just said it. Because if you take that, we're going to see people blessed by this time next week, your life's going to change. Is that right? So let's say it again. Now I commit you to God. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you, say build, that can build you up and give you, stand up, Scotty, that can build you, stand up, good buddy, yeah, that can build you up. See, there's a posture on the inside. Look, I'm not getting down for people who walk around a bit dowdy, but I believe on so, inside of us there's a posture of faith. You know, if you want to let it loose, you know, if you got it, flaunt it. If you've got confidence and if you've got confidence in God, stand up and smile. Share it with the world. Let them guess what you're on. What's he all about, this guy? Oh, he's one of those crackpot Christians. (laughs) Which can build you up and give you an inheritance, say inheritance, amongst all those who are sanctified. So the Word of God needs to sanctify you, needs to clear you up, clean you up, beautify you from the inside out. Amen? And so when you're sanctified, you're being built up. And you begin to be this person that shines. Okay? It is God's Word and God's Word alone. And we hear it and do it as we study it and apply it. That is able to build us up within as a strong, secure edifice of faith laid upon the foundation of Christ Himself. Next statement. This brings us to the subject of supreme importance in the Christian faith, the relationship between Christ Christ and the Bible. Hold your Bible up. And hence the relationship of each Christian to the Bible. I said 
your relationship to your Bible is directly is directly correlated to your relationship with your God in heaven. You need to befriend the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was God. This Bible manifests Jesus. Jesus is in the Bible. The Bible is in Jesus. Amen? This Bible, if it could walk, it would love to dance with you. It would love to wake you up in the morning. <laughs> the Bible gets sad when you, when you don't. You know, when you walk by him, you know. <laughs> this Bible... <laughs> I've gone too far, maybe. Throughout its pages, the Bible declares itself to be the Word of God. On the other hand, in a number of passages of the same title, the Word or the Word of God is given to Jesus Christ Himself. For example, John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14, the, the Word became flesh. Jesus became the personification of the Word. This is why it's a great thing to subscribe to the Word of God. Who would like to be, with Je- who would like, to be like Jesus? And He was the Word. If you can get more like the Word, if you get the Word in you and on you and around you, and you, you can actually be start doing some of the stuff that Jesus did and shining like Jesus. John 1.14, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Revelations 9.13, I'm making a point that Jesus is the Word. That's what I'm doing here right now through the Scripture. Revelations 19.13, He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and His name is the Word of God, Jesus. So, the identity of names reveals an identity of nature. The Bible is the Word of God and Christ is the Word of God. Each alike is divine, authoritative, perfect revelation of God. This is divine, perfect revelation of God. Jesus is divine, perfect revelation of God. This Bible is, revo- is divine, revelation, authoritative God. Jesus is the same. See? Hang on, hang on, I'm not finished yet. Each agrees perfectly with the other. The Bible perfectly reveals Christ. Christ perfectly fulfills the Bible. The Bible is the written Word of God. Christ is the personal Word of God. Before His incarnation, Christ was the eternal Word with the Father. In His incarnation, Christ is the Word made flesh. The same Holy Spirit that reveals God through His written Word also reveals God in the Word made flesh, Jesus of Nazareth. Who believes that? I'm getting somewhere to my point. In Christ is in this sense perfectly one with the Bible. Then it follows that the relationship of the believer, the relationship of the believer to the Bible must be the same as his, as his relationship to Christ. So, the, so your relationship that you've developed maybe just in a, in a, in a, in a spiritual way... Uh, you might have met him somehow at SG on a beach. I'm not sure. But eventually, you've got to introduce yourself to the Bible because this is the living embodiment 
of Jesus Christ right here. Now, this is living, man. You've you got to befriend this. You can, you got, I believe, I, man, this is great. Lord Jesus, I love you. I worship you. I praise you. You're awesome. Whoo, you're great. Lord, I thank you, God, for all that. You, but one day you've got to go to the Bible and introduce yourself to the Bible. As much as you do that, you've got to go to the Bible and get hungry for the Bible and hungry for the Word. Is that right? You've got to do that. Some people do this, do this, do this, but their Bible is nowhere to be found. That's gonna, you're going to just find yourself somewhere out in dodgy land. <laughs> you just can't do that. It's not going to work. John 14, verse 19. Before long, the world will not... So, so Christ... Yeah, let, let's just check this out. This is the point I wanted to make. The disciples aren't able... Yeah, okay. Let us turn to John 14. And uh, Tim, help me with this in a moment. 14, verse 19. This chapter, Jesus warns the disciples that he's about to be taken from them in bodily uh, presence and that thereafter there must be a new kind of relationship between him and them. That's right, I remember now. The disciples are unable and unwilling to accept this impeding change that Jesus is going to leave. No, Jesus, you, you can't leave. Uh, we need you. No, I'm going to leave. I've got to leave. I've got to, got to do some stuff. I've got to go to the cross and I've got to ascend. In, I've got to die, raise, be raised on the third day and ascend to heaven. I've got to do this. It's going to create a huge, awesome cosmic uh, victory for the planet, for humankind. I've got to do it. You don't understand it, but I've got to do it. Disciples are unable and willing to accept this impeding change in particular. They are unable to understand how, if Christ is about to go away from them, they will still be able to see him or, or have communion with him. And Christ tells them in John 14 verse 19, Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. Basically he's saying you will continue to see me. How? I mean, how do we see him now? It's the same way he's inferring here. John 14, 14, 22. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do, you intend, why do you intend to show, manifest yourself to us and not to the world? In other words, Lord, if you're going away and if the world will see you no more, how can you manifest yourself to us, your disciples, but not to those who are not your disciples. What kind of communication will you maintain with us which will not be open to the world? And Jesus answers in John 14, 23. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, here it is, here's the crunch scripture, this is it, this is it, highlighted, underlined it, here it is. Jesus replied, the disciples say, how can we have communion with you? How will you manifest yourself to us? How can we know you, Jesus? If you leave, how will we know you? How can we commune with you? How can we speak to you? How can we acknowledge you? And he says this, John 14, 23. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, if anyone worships me, if anyone loves me, he will obey my word, my teaching. My Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. You see that? That, that is so pregnant with stuff. Let's just take it into four points that you need to understand that I need to understand why the Word is so magnificent, so true, so real, and that why the Word of God is Jesus in the flesh. 
The Word of God. Jesus is right in that Bible. I'm looking at it. Jesus is in there. We've got, I think it's a devilish plot from the enemy that stops us seeking Jesus in that Bible. We're so dumbed down. We're so dumbed down by the world. We want Jesus to be, you know, so powerfully manifested, maybe. We, we want to see a vision. We want to see the glory. We want to see a vision. We want to see, we want to have a dream. We want to have an encounter with God in some dramatic way. But Jesus himself says, I will be known and you will communicate with me through the Word of God, through the Word. John 14, 23 says, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, and I'll say that scripture again, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Four points, here they are. Keeping God's Word is the supreme feature which distinguishes the disciple of Christ from the rest of the world. Two, keeping God's Word is the supreme test of the disciple's love for God and the supreme cause of God's favor towards the disciple. If you want extreme favor, as Andrew was saying, if you want to be Garth, ready to receive, get crash tackled by all the blessings in God, if you want that, you need to have the Word in you. It's like searchlight, man. There's a searchlight from heaven, and if it sees the Word of God in Andrew, it's shh, and it... Andrew gets up in the middle of the night, and says, what's the matter? I don't know. God's God speaking to me. God's speaking to me. I've got, so I've got more dreams, of more money, more, more business, more, more bigger house, bigger car, uh, more kids. Uh, oh, no. He's, yeah, he's, he's been in the Word. He's, he's, in, he's, he's in the Word. He's, he's, had, uh, he's been crash tackled in his sleep by God. <laughs> Three, Christ manifests himself to the disciple through God's Word as it is kept and obeyed. I said that through. I'll say that again. Christ manifests himself to the disciple through God's Word. You, if you haven't had an encounter with God, if you're stale in God and you hit a ceiling and you're not experiencing God, trust me, go to the Word and see what God does. Now, trust me, it works every time. I'm a bit stale. God doesn't love me. Nobody loves me. I'll go eat some worms. You read the Word, bang, man. Sorry, God. Sorry, God. Yes, God, you are awesome. You Through the Word, man, I'm telling you, your life... The lights come on. It's like you paid the power bill. The lights are on in somebody's home. Four. Number four. The Father and the Son come into the life of the disciple and establish their enduring home with him through God's Word. Through the Word of God, you receive the Word of God. And the Scripture did say in John 14, 23, that if you receive the Word of God into your life, Craig, guess what? The Father and the Son, they're coming for you, buddy. They're coming for you, man. Hey, Notice you took some word in on Sunday. You went to C3 Tugra twice, didn't you? Read your Bible in the afternoon, haven't you? Well, guess what? We're coming to live at your place, man. <laughs> we're, coming, we're coming to have dinner with you, mate. Heard all about Libby's cooking. It's awesome. I love the Word of God and I'm finished. That was my four points and that was my revelation for you tonight. And, uh, but if I could ha- just have my, um, just my glasses, Garth. And um, I love the Word of God. And I would go to the Word of God and I would do things like this for myself. The Word of God, remember, is powerful. Um, I haven't got it on me, have I? It's in my, Yeah, thanks. 
This is how powerful the word is. This is how powerful the word is. Unless the Lord builds the house, it's labours. It's, it's Psalm 127, verse 1. I don't think you're going to be able to follow me, Tim, but unless the Lord builds the house, unless, unless the Word of God, unless the Lord builds your spiritual house, you will labour in vain. Is that right? But, but it's builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Sons are an a heritage from the Lord, Andrew. Children are a reward from him, like arrows in the hands of a warrior. A son's born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies at the gate. Who wants that one? Psalm 128. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around the table. This is the man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem and may you live to see your children's children. Who loves this stuff? I wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in His word I put my hope. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord and with the Lord is unfailing love and with Him is full redemption. I love this. I love the word. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on his head, running down on his beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, and there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. Psalm 134. Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Give yourselves a hand. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. I'm not finished yet. Psalm 138. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down towards your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. (laughs) There it is. His name and his word. The Bible says in John 14 that if you ask anything by his name, by his word, you can receive anything. Powerful. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Someone needs this scripture. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Let's all stand. God bless you.
Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive way.